Welcome to Tilf Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about the 80-20 rule, which we'll get into more detail in a little bit. In our spotlight, we'll look at some weather patterns developing. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the first Thanksgiving, uh, kind of. And we'll wrap things up with cool beans, that's corny, and some current events. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. Hey, everybody. Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Max, what was I that? Screwed that? I screwed that up. I'm so, <laughs> I, I don't know what... I don't, I don't know Max's hunting a week. Were you up in Canada? Hey, <laughs> hey buddies. What's, what's going on? Sorry, hey? let me do that again. What's up, everybody? <laughs> yeah, that's better. That felt, it felt weird when I said it. I was like, what? I was re- I was reading the doc and trying to talk at the same time. Full I, disclosure: we are recording because of Thanksgiving on a screwed up day here. So maybe you're just, my brain just isn't yeah, ready. You're for not it. in. You're yeah. just off kilter. Not in fine form. Yep. So that, well, is Max ever in fine form? Uh, no, but I'm in better good, form yeah. than that usually. Actually, he looks like he's rested and in good form. Maybe that's the problem. Like I look rested. <laughs> he he got his deer though. He's excited. Yeah. He's just yeah. living on that meat in the freezer, baby. There you go. Freezer, nice freezer queen Saturday night. So, how long did they say to process it? I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I'm not gonna have them make anything. I just wanted to cut because I'm too lazy to do it. Is everybody getting does this year? Like, I've heard Mm, more doe stories than I've heard. Well, there's a couple guys. guys Okay, bucks. Even the bucks though haven't been like. I've I've seen some pretty good ones. Is it okay? Yeah, I've seen some pretty good ones around. A lot of big ones shot down by Stockbridge again this year. Mm, So Stockbridge is hot. South of Seymour, between Freedom and Seymour, a couple nice ones taken right along oh, the sea there. Burma there, huh? Well, out in the Burma, Burma. Well, that's normal. The Burma. That's yeah. For you non-locals, that's like if anybody shoots a big deer and within fifty miles, it's probably came out of the Burma swamp at some point. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's some nice deer, but like Matt was saying, there's a lot of doe tags around this year, so guys are taking them. And we had an easy winter last year, um, so deer numbers are, I. I don't believe they're record high, but there definitely seems like there's a few more around. And yeah, the numbers are up there. They they're giving away two doe tags with your with your license at least in Outagamie County. I heard two doe tags with really yeah yep. two doe tags with your gun license and, you can, and two you more can with buy your bow more license. if you want really like for I think they're twelve bucks a piece you can buy more. But I talked to a guy. He said one of his buddies said they had four. So I don't know what county that was. Door County. That could be Door County. Door you know. County usually gives them away pretty, pretty hot and heavy. So yeah, there. there's a lot of. But you you got a pretty big doe, Max. Yeah, she's nice. She'll she'll eat. Yeah, up that was up north though. He's being modest because Monday when he came in, yeah, I was yeah. pretty excited. Pretty I was excited. still pretty excited. You were telling us how how monster the like guy, 160. The, the guy at the processor was looking for antlers. Put it that way. He's like when I when he looked it over one more time, he's like, "Oh, this this is a doe," and I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Holy buckets, that's pretty good size." <laughs> Yeah, she was pretty big when she was standing with all the other doles. I was like, "Huh, you'll take that one." So got your got your pick that morning. Yeah, yep. It's nice when you you can have a bunch and you can pick the biggest one, make sure they're the biggest one. So, but there's there's still plenty out there. So, I don't feel like I've seen the orange in the fields like I have in the past. Uh, hunter numbers are way down. Yesterday when I was driving around, I saw a fair amount. It was first time since. I mean. When you go out in the woods, you see the cars that are sitting there and everything. But Hunter numbers are down, and the amount of guys that are, you know, walking in and sitting on the edge of the woods yeah. and then walking somewhere else and doing that are down. There's a lot of guys that have a big, nice tower they can sit in, sure. and 
seated and they go in before the sun comes up and they come out after the sun goes down, you know? So deer hunting isn't, it's not like it used to be. It's not at the forefront. So, yeah, so for years, you haven't really seen the drives where guys are walking. Yeah, no. And, and corn, you know, we had such a long fall. There's not as much standing corn either to have to drive it. Yeah. Not having to work as hard for deer right now. So how many times do you fall asleep in your stand? None. None. How many times do you scroll your phone in your stand? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, I, I don't sleep. I haven't slept in while well, I was deer hunting since I probably my first year out. I don't know. I sit in a tree stand, so I'm falling asleep isn't usually a not a very good idea. It's like just trick. Fall right just out. sit on a bucket so you don't. Fall I was sitting there. on a five gallon pail, <laughs> a tree stand with the with the with the seat missing that comes with it. So on a five gallon pail up in the air. So yeah, I was you, not. You don't want to be sleeping. Asleep. Was not really in the cards <laughs> for no. me. But if you sit in one of those nice big towers, now then you can sleep. You know my. Uh, my future brother-in-law, he's, he's 12 or 13, and he, he took a couple naps on opening day. He said, but he's hunting with his dad, so mm-hmm. his dad's making sure he doesn't fall out of the tree. <laughs> Do but. you sit up in a tree, Matt, or are you? Uh, I've got a couple of different places I can go. One's a, an elevated stand, and then i got a ground blind I sit into. Bill, do you sit on your couch? I sit in my bed. <laughs> yep. He... It, I think everybody should try deer hunting at least once. Test their patience and their willpower. I'm okay with the like the actual hunting part, but after the kill, it's like okay, now what? You don't want to gut it? And no, drag it out of the woods. No. Do you like venison at least? I don't like yeah. venison either. No. Yeah, it's part of it. I mean, sticks are good, but like steak, me. Eh. Take a steer. I ate two, I ate I ate two whole deer, and I was out of venison before gun before deer season rolled around this year. So. We eat it at our house. It's good. I mean, I'm sure it's obviously cheap, and I'd rather no. you take it than... That's no. almost a problem. No, it's it's, not not really it's cheap, the most yeah. expensive meat in the world. $2,000 a pound. <laughs> Think about it. Gas, license, gun, ammo, okay. clothes, I'm hunting not, I'm not thinking about all the... Ex- I'm just thinking about the processing part. Is that cheaper? No, you can I feed out a steer cheaper. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's It'll be... If you cut it yourself, most years but, I cut it myself. This but, year I was not feeling. But that's it. not what it's about either. It's a hobby. Yeah, where yeah, you look get, at how much enjoyment. What other hobby do you get meat at? The so end? that, so you know, that's yeah. for me. That's what it is at the end of the day. Because I'm going to spend money on hobby regardless. So at the end of the day, if I can spend the money and have something in the freezer, I think I come out ahead. I could be restoring a car right. and spending that much money every weekend for something that never leaves my garage. Right. And has no actual value. And I've to spent it. money on tickets to go to games in Madison forever. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know, Deer Camp's fun, too. Like, Friday night, we were at the bowl, and the, was- the Wasaki Bowl right next to Dirty Joe's Laundry. You know, hanging out, bowled bowl a few games. <laughs> you know, everybody has a good time, and Saturday morning, you wake up, and you go, oh, should have bowled one less game, I guess. You know, so that's, that's, that's more, to me, that's more deer hunting than actually shooting a deer. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really, really want to shoot a lot of deer, see a lot of deer, you should get into bow hunting. If you want to have a good time, be with your family, and whatever gun hunting yeah. gun season is when that happens it's a party yep oh yeah for sure i'm getting old though i can't stay up late anymore i gotta go to bed early oh yeah you old old guy you <laughs> yeah <laughs> youngest guy here and he's to, bitching about staying up late there's a couple years i never went to bed but that doesn't happen anymore hmm. well did you guys watch the game on sunday unfortunately yeah, yeah. 
I missed the first half of the uh, the dueling kickers, but you missed the better half or the worst half. Yeah, I mean, the worst. No, yeah, Packers like, started so slow and yeah, yeah. What first drive is like third and nine, and Cobb was like running a slant, like he's wide open, and Rogers just like bombs it. That's how the first half went. Well, it was Rogers trying to do the Rogers show. Sure, thing. he was. Forced, he was trying to be Mister Rogers. MBS. Yeah, yep. a lot. A he lot. Did, he had that one deep. Yeah, that was late in the game. Like that was cool. The seventy-yard touchdown, but where it's like you just scored way too fast. <laughs> now you, you're giving them the ball, the ball you, back. Did you watch the replay though? I mean, they were playing two high safeties. I don't know which one, but the one safety came down to get to get Adams, and then MVS just went right by him, and he's wide open. Like as soon as Rogers saw that, he's like, "I'm gonna go there," which makes total sense because that's. But this, in the first half, it was like. Like you guys said, he's forcing it to nowhere. Yeah, we got our fancy new toy back in the lineup. MBS. Yeah, I mean, right. he is a fancy new toy. He is fast, but he's got to be open too, and he's got to be able to catch the ball. Which this year, it's my knock on wood. When the ball comes his way and it's catchable, yeah, he's made he's the catch. Where last year, I don't know how many hit him in the hands. Well, that was Adams the first couple of years. Yep. Yeah, uh, James Jones was that way. The first like this. They they never catch James Jones was my favorites because he was the I can't catch it in the numbers but I'll do make a one handed catch on the sideline yeah. like I yeah. can't do the easy stuff but I'll do the hard stuff through my hoodie you guys you guys remember Robert Ferguson yeah played for the Packers do you remember the night he got clotheslined playing Jacksonville in Green Bay I think so and they carted him off yeah I remember he held onto the ball that night when he got his head taken clean off. But he had he had dropped six balls before that, but held <laughs> yep. on to that one that, that one. night alone. That right? one, yeah. And he was actually bad that year because I remember picking on him all year with my dad because you know that's, that's what, what you do. do. But I remember he held on to that ball, and that's that's what you're talking about. Like, don't can't catch anything, but the night that you have to catch the ball four feet above your head and get destroyed by a safety, hang on to it. Hang on to it. So, at what point do you guys can do you guys ever? Take injuries as excuses. Is that an excuse or not? It's not an excuse because you can't, like, well, it's an excuse. I don't blame the injuries, though, because what are we going to do about I'm Nothing. It's, it's just I'm been, just saying, like, at some point. It's been the norm the last few years, it seems like. You, last year, you play I, without. I feel like last year we were, were fairly unscathed. That, yeah, that was one but of the, the exceptions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and all teams, they like do. Derrick Henry's hurt. Somebody's yeah. big, like, but at all one point, got you're just guys. not going to win because right. your good guys aren't there. Aren't there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray hasn't played a game since we played Arizona. Right. And they've won two out of those three, so. I think this week I really felt the injuries on, on defense especially. Right. No, you got Kenny, Jair in that game. Because Kenny, Kenny Clark is Yeah, the defense is looked just, he was the worst they've looked people. all season yeah. but outside of the first game against New Orleans. He was yeah. rolling, guys. Here's, here's the problem, though, Bill, with pressure up the middle. If there's nothing on the outsides. Yeah. You just sidestep and, mo- and climb the pocket. Right. So Kenny Clark could push the center back into Kirk Cousins' lap, and Kirk, the least athletic person I think I've ever seen play a professional sport, could sidestep and climb the pocket because there was nothing coming off either no, edge. they missed Gary a lot. Because Kingsley Kiki and Jonathan Garvin, just they just aren't it. Not yet. So, yeah. No, I think, I, I, I think just having Rashawn Gary back last week is a completely different game because yeah. instead of having pressure, we have sacks, tackles for loss, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I, and I don't know. It's just watching the second half of the game, they seem more more in rhythm and more 
Well, and Rogers hadn't practiced for like literally three weeks. Right. He's total injury. And when he wasn't with COVID, and then before that was Arizona, so it was a short week. They didn't practice at all anyway. And he's not going to practice this week either. Nope. I mean, had that pick stayed a pick that possibly could have been the end of the game. But yeah. Yeah, our secondary needs to catch the ball. But I remember if I remember a handful of years ago, Clay Matthews doing the same thing, right? They had a pick, and he just yeah. roughed it. If Darnell Savage is a wide receiver, that's a catch. Yeah, sure. good point. I agree. I'll put that yeah. right there. If Darnell Savage is a wide receiver instead of a well, DB, they call that a catch. It's I blame Kelvin Johnson because <clears throat> I think it was Dean Blandino was the no, the the expert on that. on that game or whatever, and uh, the the ref got former ref, and he's like, "Yep, you don't see a football move, so there's this is not a catch." Like, really, on interceptions, we're doing that now too. Not not just yeah. receivers in the end zone. Okay, I I'm not ha- I'm not really not keeping my or having high hopes to play the Rams this week. I just don't. Mm. They're pretty good, and we're we're in a pretty tough spot. So yeah, it's Matt Stafford. As our resident Lions fan said, Matthew Stafford actually has some toys now. Yeah. All right, we'll see. But we'll get to the bye week, and you know they're expecting Bakhtiari middle of December now, and that would be pretty helpful on the offensive line. It's gonna it's gonna stink not having Elton Jenkins. Yeah, because yeah. he's more than just a guard. He's a Swiss Army. I mean, really, nice. at this point, divisional games are the only ones that you really have to worry about. Rams is we don't well I didn't think we had to worry I guess we just lost to Minnesota but yeah and even them they're they're at five hundred now so right. they've There's got still a, two a long games. mountain to climb before they can but I don't I don't I don't believe I have to worry about the Bears or the Lions no no you see the the hot, <laughs> hot rumor for the Bears was Nagy's going to get fired after Thanksgiving just long enough to give the Lions their first win of the season how many coach firings did they. Send a warning shot like that, right? Like, why, why don't usually you, you just fire them. Right. So it's like, wow. I'll let you know a little secret. Yeah, the McCaskies are not the yeah. greatest football managers in the world. So just they apparently hate him that much. They're like, hey, <laughs> you're going to be fired after this game, no matter what happens. Every time they show Virginia McCaskey during a Bears game, I just mm-hmm. I, I'm like, oh man. And they get Andy Dalton to start too. So yeah, the Red Rocket. All yeah, right, and the other game, Bill, <gasps> you're going to be excited about. <gasps> Chop the goalpost. Got to do that. Chop it down. Chop it down. X game. X game, yep. Is that what time on Saturday? Tree. That should be a blowout, right? That shouldn't even be well, close. I was looking, and the Gophers' defense is actually like fourth in the country on rushing defense. They're like yeah, fourth. How in many the games have they won? Um, they've won one less than us. Oh, really? Yeah. So if we lose the game, and Iowa loses, actually, the Gophers. The flying PJ Oof. Flex go to to get destroyed by Ohio <laughs> State. Yeah, at this point, we're just playing to who gets to go get their teeth they, kicked They in. should. I mean, their offensive line is finally now just mauling people, and obviously the 17-year-old. Did you know Braylon Allen, the Badgers I, running I back, is not. only 17? Like, Isn't that unreal? I think he can't buy cigarettes. Can't well, Todd. Like, you have to be twenty-one to buy cigarettes now. Is it now? I was yeah. talking to a oh, I didn't know that. I was talking to a client <laughs> that went to the game last week, and he's like, "Yeah, we were just looking on the sidelines, and like, Brillen Allen was the biggest guy there. Like, 
legitimately is a monster dude. Like, was he that good at Fond du Lac? Like, yes. Was he just yeah. awesome? Yeah, but like, he played linebacker. He played running back. Right. So you didn't know. Well, you still knew he was good, and they had a really Fond du Lac had a really good defense when he was there. They beat Kimberly. Right. Braylon Allen oh, beat Kimberly. Okay, that shows a lot. Yeah. I mean, he was good. Um, but he didn't play running back. He played linebacker. And when he was recruited to the Badgers, it was to play linebacker. linebacker. And then when they released the two running backs in August from the team, they said, hey, you, you're a good athlete. Come play. Uh. He wouldn't have played linebacker this year. No. I mean, we had a good no, linebacker no. core. Um, we have guys that are like But how do you switch from? American. Like, think of the the vision you need as a linebacker is similar as a running back. But still, the, the, that shows how good of an athlete he is to come in playing but look how many College weeks it took level. to get. I mean, yes, he's been good from the beginning, oh, but it took a couple weeks yeah. to get the timing and some of that stuff down. Correct. Now, he's unreal. But it took a little bit to get there. The first, remember, we talked Five on, weeks. on this podcast about how yeah. the Badgers running game wasn't very well, good. And, and the first week of the season, he was 5-5 five, five in the depth chart. Then they let Berger go because whatever. And then Malusi got hurt, and all of a sudden he just slowly pegs away and... Now he's got what seven or eight hundred yard games in a row. Yeah, he's good. He's the real deal. So yeah. it's to the point of you know you project out like he may not stay a senior year if he continues on this path. Is he is he in Heisman talk right now? No, no, no. He might be like down the road. If, if he would have started the season like the guy, I forget the guy's name from Michigan State. He's in the Heisman talk. They're running back. Is it Crawford? But he started this like he was right from the get go. Yeah, I think you'd have to have a pretty solid year as a running I mean, back. JT be, didn't win the Heisman, no. so look at no and look at yeah, you yeah, went off five touchdowns this week. Yeah, I know I played Bill in fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> How about he probably had as much points forty as your whole rest of your game. I think I scored sixty five total. <laughs> he had so your whole I mean, team did nothing except yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, and I lost. So wow, that's who is bad, Max. There was another running back too that had like four to like. It was Eckler had four. Yeah, Eckler had four too. So there were two really good running back performances. But Eckler caught two of them and rushed for two of them. Is that what it was? I believe. I, I think bottom line for Saturday is the Badgers defense is pissed because they just like let Nebraska do whatever and still beat them, which is good. So they're going to be revved up because they don't want to give up the yards they did. And if the Badgers play their game, they should win by two touchdowns because – you can tell me all you want how good their defense is. They have not played an no. offense like the Badgers yet. They have not played somebody who no. leans, leans on yeah. them the way the Badgers do. I mean, it gets ugly. It can get ugly in a hurry playing the Badgers. If you if you see in the first quarter those those holes just open and Allen just like all of a sudden it's twenty, then it's thirty, and then he breaks a seventy like he did, the game's over. Even I think in the first quarter, if you have multiple runs of ten yards, yeah. You know, it, it it's not, they're not going to fix that at halftime because it doesn't get better playing the Badgers. It no. only gets worse. The biggest thing is if they put, like, 10 guys in the box where you just can't block everybody, then Mertz has got to do his thing and find his – Barry Alvarez's grandson and do some of those things. And hey, then, did, you, did you know the Badgers' <laughs> tight end, Jake Ferguson, is the grandson of Barry Alvarez? Did you know that? Did nope. you know that? I did not. Oh, my God. Turd Ferguson? What? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many times in the broadcast they say show, <laughs> Jake yeah. Ferguson is Bray Alvarez's grandson and Braylon Allen is 17. It's like every other sentence is one of those. It's a drinking game. It's not a drinking game. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a get a, hammered game. It's a 
it's a put yourself in the liver failure game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what else are they going to talk about, Banks? They've got nothing else. Yeah, it's true. Jim Jim Leonard was a Badger, and now he's a defensive coordinator. Right. That's another <laughs> one that's up there, but it's not as bad as the other two. But all right, you guys ready to get into this? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right. So this week we're going to talk the eighty twenty rule. Is it new for twenty twenty two? So, Bill, this was your, yeah, your topic. So what you got for us? We've had some some meetings this week with some seed dealers just to kind of go over traits and how to place hybrids. And it, it seems to be a growing movement in the industry of this 80-20 rule. And I'm kind of like, well, what? You know, and kind of new to maybe is this new for 2022 with, you know, obviously everyone knows that fertilizer prices, every input cost, I guess, is just outrageous for whatever reason. COVID supply chain. Yeah, China's supply chain, gas prices. Somebody feels like they just want to so shut it, potash it, mines down, you know, whatever. This isn't mixed drinks. We're not talking about the alcohol to soda ratio we're talking about. Yes, we're okay. talking about inputs. fertilizer inputs. Yeah, so, one of the things we heard multiple times is that we'll only get. 80% of the crop inputs we need, right. specifically fertilizer, when you start asking guys. It wasn't like seed. It's not like you're going to get 80% of no. your seed. No, yeah, that would be a problem. It wasn't. Maybe um, Roundup, like guys yeah. have been talking yeah. a little bit about Roundup. Chem, Chem it seemed more like 80% of what you maybe want yeah. will be there and the other 20 won't. I, But yeah, the, we kept hearing this. And the more I looked into it, Bill, like I couldn't find, I thought maybe I'd find an article somewhere just where somebody just, projected that. People are or, just talking about right. it. So, Scare tactics. Right. Uh, or it's hard to know yet if it is truly scare tactics or they're they're looking into something. It's six months away, so who knows what right. what is right. So basically there's to me there's two different ways to look at it. It's if this is the way we're gonna go about it and we can't get all the things we need, mainly like you said, Max Fertilizer, Todd, is it eighty percent of the inputs on all your acres? So you short all your acres, or is it a hundred percent of the inputs on eighty percent of the acres, and you short short twenty twenty percent versus shorting all your acres a little bit. You short a little bit a lot. That's been, the two ways to look I've at. I've been it. thinking about this, and like I got no doubt that I would pick one way a hundred percent of the time. So hundred percent. What if sixty percent of the time it'll work every time? Every time. What if I can find a happy medium between the two? You're ninety nine. No. So a couple guys that don't 50, normally 50. grow or grow very few soybeans, we're gonna up the soybeans this year just because there's less inputs yeah. of soybeans. Yeah. That's a tough one because that's what the industry might go to, and then also soybeans will get underpriced compared to corn. But it that's the talk, but who knows how many will actually do that. I'm not saying that's the answer, I'm just saying that's the but only But you're right, there's also a, a like kind of a a number three there like where you just you changing up your rotation. go a little bit more yeah. soybeans than what you normally would yeah. to save that cut, cut your inputs by design rather than by need i guess is right. one answer the biggest thing is always if you change your rotation how does that affect next year or correct yeah. you know going more going soybeans forward. usually that doesn't affect doesn't you too normally. bad and and you know we've talked about before too if you're managing your manure that can affect your inputs too and i think more guys did that this fall I would agree if dairy farms did it right is you could if you're going to be shorted by 20%, you could easily make that up with, with manure, manure and yeah. how you use it. And even think of that as you might have storage-wise, usually farms, up, depends on the soils and all of that in general, but in general you apply more in the fall, and then you kind of have that 
half full in the spring and you might apply some, but you don't empty it in the spring is next spring might be the spring. Yeah. The spring. And I do think get. some guys got ahead of that that did spread. Correct. You know, the co-ops were out in September and like, hey, the, we know the price is going to go up. Let's get some bought. Let's get it spread this fall because we know that next year, you know, you're not going to want to. So, Todd, I think yours, it's... 80% of the inputs over 100% of the acres. Hundred, Yeah. And I, like I said, I've been Cover thinking, all your acres. thinking about that a couple nights, just trying to like, and there's no way you're better off because that first pound is always your most important. Right. So once you get to the 81st pound of night, if we're just saying it's pound for pound, it's not like, but it that is way less important than trying to short stuff. So even to go like, well, I'm going to put all my groceries on some fields maybe and then 50% on some, like I think if you went 80% on all of it, you'd still be better off. I looked at a lot of nitrogen curves on that just to see what you might give up if you went. So say your normal rate's 160 to 200 pounds of N and you went back to 120. That's what you're, is, is looking at this nitrogen curve, you're going to have about a five bushel loss. That's not bad. No. And now that's granted that, you know, how those curves work. You got some years right. where it's different. It might be 50, but. But in general, you know, you're, the the best is that first 80 to 100 pounds of N is very critical. Once you get past that, it's it's important, but it's not, it's not as, you know. It's, I did have some, I was reading too, some of the articles on just like what's going on now and. There was actually a couple articles that talked about MRTN, like we're actually back to talking about MRTN and the... Um, because crop prices are high, but yeah. N is high, so the right. the Your maximum ratios return are, to nitrogen, like at some point, the return isn't there, right? So we yeah. got to cut back. But So I guess in general, we wanted to talk a little bit about if this is the way some growers and some people are going to recommend things, like what can you do then on the 100% of those acres that you're only going to manage 80% of the inputs, right? Because we don't have them or you can't get them or it's too high priced. And if we get to the point where you haven't done anything in nitrogen, I saw a thing that anhydrous is like $1,100 right now. So urea is probably nine. Are you, aren't you locking in a loss at that point? If you're going to, if you're going to spend your money on $900 urea, are you locking in a loss? The thing is with high crop prices, you, you may not be. Right. So that's knowing your cost of production. Yeah. And I have, you know, even running some of these high fertilizer prices with corn being as high as it is, you're, you're still okay. But say you locked all your fertilizer in, but you didn't lock any corn in. Right. Right. Then you you could be in trouble next year if corn does waver. So it's knowing, you know, it's reducing your risk as much as you can that way. And I think every farm is obviously different because they have a different setup, whether they have cows or not. Just everything is so every this rule is going to be like deviated a little bit, probably by everyone that's listening here on how they want to manage that. And your acreage too. Maybe you got some sandy ground that maybe you do only give fifty percent, Todd, because you know that the yield potential is one hundred and ten bushel on a good year. Um, so just some things that I had brainstormed and and thought about that what we could do and i think the thing we've harped on on this this is our 110th episode of like test right soil test test a test so soil test manure test tissue pre-side dress get know what you're dealing with so you know where you can cut so if you've got you take your soil test and you got some fields that are really high maybe this is a year to cut back a little bit on those fields that you can skimp by because 
your potash soil test is at 250 and your phosphorus soil test is at 90. You know, maybe now that that's the time to, to cut back to save a little bit of money. Um, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about manure, like cut rates a little bit, spread on more fields. I realize that's a probably a bigger cost because set up, you know, hoses and moving the hoses and just takes more time and, but spread it out over more acres and get, get that base nutrient on, on more acres. Um, and then we're going to treat manured fields differently than non-manured fields, obviously. So maybe we can get that manure out now, a little bit of nitrogen in the spring, and then just see what summer does. I, I think all of us in this room agree that Lord knows what June is going to bring for pricing. Right. Well, and, and we or could you, be talking, we could be talking a sale on ILK again for all we know. It's tricky if they get a lot of people to lock in now, it, it might soften and it, but in June you may not be able to even get it. So it might right. be a supply thing where that's, what's driving the price because it just nobody can get it. Yeah. So it just drives it up. So that's a hard thing to speculate, but at the same time, Bill's right is if, if you wait and see what happens, you know, as long as you're got that first, say 60 to 80% covered, you figure out, you know, wait and see what happens with the rest. In the grand scheme of things, testing is cheap compared to these high soil tests or these high fertilizer prices. So testing your manure, testing your, you know, your soil, and then the summer start testing in season to see where your crops are at is, is very good money spent if you're trying to manage these fertilizer prices. I had one farm get told by a fertilizer dealer that we did manure too early. It was too warm. And it's all going to be gone next year. What do you guys think of that? Well, Sounds like somebody wants to sell some fertilizer. <laughs> exactly what I it thought. It won't yeah. be all gone, but yeah, you may lose some if it, depending what the temperatures were when you were applying. But you're not going to lose it all, especially if it was in the ground. If we all could spread manure when the temperature was the soil temperature was below fifty, I think we would. Right? It just isn't practical. Right. But the other part is that we're all like, why are right. we? It's never why all are gone. we? in such a like all or none. And if you even look at how we test, um, it's a first year available test. So right. it's showing yep. like, you know, a lot of that manure is going to mineralize in your soil. And, you know, if they did some cover crop with it and all that, it, it'll be there. You know, yep. I, I just, that, that adage of like, well, it's all gone. It's like, no, you know, if it was all gone and it was that likely to be all gone, they wouldn't let us haul and fall anywhere. Right. Right. No, that's, and yeah, as an industry, we got to make sure we're looking at the best practices and keeping on doing all that. So, yeah, I, I, I think the, like you say, that's a good way, a scare tactic again of trying to and, make it. And a ballsy one too at high fertilizer prices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was going on though a couple of months ago. Like, oh, we better, we better, you know, I just said maybe guys did did purchase and spread but at some point there was some of that going on too like oh we better buy now because if you don't and you wait you're gonna be really in you know in a crick without a paddle because you're waiting so there was some it's there's a fine line there too this will be an interesting i would say to farmers out there take note of which dealers are trying to yeah shoot you straight and yep. those would be good guys to work with over the long term mm -hmm. because it'd be hard as a dealer right now to know because as a salesman the the people above you are telling you you know you got to go out and sell this and 
they're saying we're not going to have supply and you know they're getting told from that so how how they're selling it's going to be that way because how else would you right now too put yourself right. in their shoes but hopefully you got a salesman out there that is trying to shoot you straight as much as they can and work with you and those are the guys you're going to want to work with long term everybody's got to make money right but that doesn't mean you have to straight up lie and say things like all your manure is going to be gone because you put it on too early, you know. So didn't say that last year, and I put the manure on the same exact time. right or the year last before. Last year was or, great because we got things on off early, and you could put more fertilizer and, on early. And I would say this right? fall has I mean, been warm, but it's not. Last fall was way warm, warmer no. than yeah. this. This fall was about right on to be I mean, it, putting manure on when silage was ready. And silage we thought would be as early as was was a little later. So and the, yeah, and I this farm didn't start hauling till like late October. That, so so I, and it's so not that's yeah. A, so for me, it was a non-starter. Uh, yeah. of even like, what are you talking about? Yeah, this was a late fall in that we didn't get a frost, but it wasn't. It's not like it was yeah. eighty. I mean, right, it was right. sixty. Right, fifty, right. but yeah. And that's the thing. The soil temps under 50 is where it starts to to slow down enough that it holds. And, and we had that. So, yeah, I, I think that that is a very ballsy yeah, thing. I, to try I just to want to bring up because, you know, if you've, you've got somebody telling you that, just, just yeah, it's we, we could spend all day here talking about the different sales tactics we've heard about fertilizer. Yeah. And just this fall alone, you know. But. And we could be sitting here a year from now and talking about the same. It's just, you know, it's a year after year thing. Yeah. I do think, though, that more so that this year than other years is maybe a layered approach to fertilizer is get something so you have it. And like Todd, we were talking before we recorded about, you know, are people going to get put ahead of the list because they prepaid? And if you don't prepay, you're not going to be on the list. So you're going to get put with who knows. But we do know that if you are on the list, you you're probably have a better chance than if you're not on a list. This is a year where you're going to want to be on a list. It's just the depend on how much, you know, some farms prepay a lot. Right. Or normally, all. Or all of it. Yeah. Some don't do any. I, I would say this is a year where you'd want to do some or a little bit so that you're at least on the list. Right. And then you, you prepaid that and you could say, hey, you know, I got this, especially anything ahead of side dress. You're yeah. going to want to yeah. potentially lock in or have have that and the other question is is do you have the money to do it and do you have if you do well because that's what this place seems to be a little bit of there's a lot of money floating out this fall yields are better than we thought prices are better than we thought and so that's what hurry up grab as much as you can right that's what a lot of these that's the feeling i get out there so so knowing what you have that way and just trying to be i like your word layered i would also use the word as is risk management at yeah. this point. Yep. Same. What yep. can you do that you're going to be able to sleep at night and be comfortable and not just sit up and worry, like, am I going to get the end or not? And if that's not a worry of yours, then, then don't lock it in. You know, if you don't, if that doesn't bother you, if you're worried that you're not going to get it, well, we'll lock it in. And, you, you, you know, each, each scenario is slightly different. But I, I think it is something that you do want to make sure you have a plan this year, you know, for what you're going to do. And you should be, you know, those guys that, um, yeah, I was talking to a fertilizer guy about a farmer that he just doesn't plan just, and he's, he's got a lot of acres and he just, whatever he feels like planting that day, he puts corn in that field and you know, there's sure. just, he wings and he does okay winging it. And this is going to be a tough year to wing it. Yeah. There's no winging it this year. This year is a, you should have a plan and a plan, you know, set aside in December here, not in, you know, even January might be too late. So 
what are you guys saying is the best bang for your buck across the nutrient spectrum right now? Today, we have to spend $10,000 today and put something on a field. What's our best bang for our buck? What are you... What are you... None of them are good bang for the buck. Yeah, none of them are bang. I disagree with you. I think lime is a pretty good bang for your buck right now. If you can get it. True. If you can get it. True. (laughs) Because lime also is in short supply right now. I don't know but if I'd call that a nutrient necessarily. No, and, no but and I would. All, I, that's why I, I cla- cla- classified it by saying nutrient spectrum mm-hmm. because it's part of it. I guess I was being. I was as a trick question. I was trying. But to trick you're right. You are right, Max. That lime is almost always number one, though. Even on a right, you know, is to check on a normal year. It's but important. this year it's even more important because it didn't go up as high in price. If you can get it and It'll make those other nutrients more available. Dollar yeah. for dollar, it can give you the most yield for every dollar. Yeah, yeah. bought back. Oh, kind, 100%. kind of, kind of. Uh, most of the acres we consult on, the lime isn't a huge deal. That's no. where my right, brain this area was, doesn't. That's yeah. where my brain was going to. Yeah. Was, wasn't even thinking that. But you're right. It, we need to think about that more and and find those little areas and fields that that we're like, eh, it's just ten acres out of a hundred acres. Let's just leave it alone. Well, maybe. Your bang for your buck on that ten acres this year is pretty high. That could that could help out your eighty twenty ratio right. pretty quick pretty by covering quick. all those little ten acre chunks. Right. So other things, you know, do you do you get your like Todd was saying? Do you get your at planting inputs, your starter, a little bit of nitrogen, whatever you're doing at planting? Get that locked in, and then we wait for side dress, especially these guys now that are going to wide drops where you're doing it in July. I mean, that's to me, that's not even a the, talking point the other part point. right and i would the other thing with that is guys say well it might go up might go down but there'll be more clarity at that point to what right. the corn price is yep. and you're closer to, to your harvest and because the, the other tricky part now is if you lock all your inputs in but don't lock any of the outputs you you're actually more risky yep. guys right. are like well i locked it in, i'm less risk it's like well no you didn't because the corn might go down where in july you know closer where that corn price is in you got more know where you're Yield could be, so you know how much you could well, potentially In July, all the planting is like, done, so all right, the right. reporting is done, so no, we know no, how many acres, millions of acres are in the ground. No matter how much planting we do, we still don't know what the weather's going to be like. We the could, weather we is could big, lose yeah. a lot of nitrogen next right. spring. and Or it could be a year where you also need, or you we don't have it, yeah. need as much. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying there, Todd. And I think not that we don't think about like promoting healthy stocks and roots because obviously we do, but maybe again, just this year, it's another year to really hone in on it, what more can I do to make that that powerhouse underground better than I normally do. I really need to look at that. This hard. is a year though. Max is getting at a good point of looking at where the what inputs are have not gone up tremendously, and you look at some of these that. You know, I think some work, some don't. But when you got an inferral of a plant growth regulator, yeah, or, yeah. or, but those are things that this year probably will pay because the other inputs are so, you know, are priced out of the market so much and are different. And so, if you only gain a bushel or two, it's it's six or seven dollars, you know, right. times your couple of bushels versus when it's a two dollar bushel corn. Well, but, if I gain two bushels, it's four bucks. Whoopie do. But I feel like we're focusing so much on N P and K because the price got so high. And that's the time to actually ignore those yeah. things and try to think of any other way yep. um, to 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 gain that bushel and not have, you know something that's going to make like a 
any of these newer, you know, Microbes micro or... packs and yeah, something that's going to potentially get a little bit more in out of your soil and make it more available um, would be potentially a, a time to do that. And then remember, glyphosate's not immune, it sounds, to this either. Yep. In Gly- Liberty. Glyphosate's dead. Liberty. Glufa- yeah, it's the Gly products. It's yeah. glyphosate, glufosinate. I, I was told glu- glufosinate, like, China's keeping it all, basically. <laughs> One fertilizer dealer told me, we can't get Liberty because China makes it, and they're just keeping it all. They're, sure. they're going to use it on their own, their own crops, so we don't have any. And I, I don't... A lot of, I don't have a lot of acres I consult on that we use Liberty. I mean, maybe a couple acres. I used more Liberty than ever this last Liberty. year. Yeah, a lot. And it, and it was okay. I mean, I, I'm learning stuff with it that it seemed like when I mixed it with other things, especially Roundup, it it didn't kill lamb's quarter then. So I was like, well, we're, so we're figuring out. But I would say that's tricky right now with chemicals in general. Is like there is nobody's even releasing no. much prices yet. No. Yeah. And even if they have the chemical, will they have the drugs to put it in? That seems Correct. to be the biggest well, issue. Well, here's another thing to think about right now is is if that's something you probably can take delivery on. Most farms yeah. now have a yeah. decent farm shop with a pallet rack that you could put a, tote. you know, a tote of Roundup in or something like that. And they can't take, you know, like we just said with FERT, you're not taking delivery on that no, anymore. Right. The funny, So part- you don't know for sure whether you're going to get it next year. But right now, Chem... Call your dealer and see what you can get out there, and you might still, you know, they're they're talking the prepay chem a lot of stuff, but there's stuff you could just buy now and take delivery, and if you got a place to store it, think about using that. I had a grower that prepaid glyphosate a year ago for the 2021 crop season, and they weren't delivered at all. Like we ordered 500 gallons, and they only got like 350 gallons. They just got the 150 gallons, like. In August, oh, yeah, that they prepaid last year. year, and he's like, well, "What should I do with it?" I'm like, "You just, hold on to it, yeah, and you like lock yeah. that shop, like yeah. keep that sucker in in high." It's now the most valuable thing right. you own, right? yeah. So those kinds of things too, I think we gotta get going sooner than you know. Yeah, we think about fertilizer now, but if you're not thinking about chem right now, you should be just to get make sure you can. Maybe you need to change. Maybe instead of getting. 100 gallons a year, you get 80 of, of glyphosate, and then we got to change up our pre's a little bit, maybe jack those rates up a little bit. for. Especially like thinking of guys out there that have burned down, there's not a lot of other options. No. for. And we you can go back to other podcasts where we've talked about that, but where you need certain products, make sure you lock those in. But there's a lot of other, like your pre's, I mean, if you had to change to a, you know, Acron to Resicor to, you know, all those, if you had to interchange that, you would be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. But if you needed to burn down a Roundup and you had to change to Chromoxone, I mean, there's just not a lot of options. And think so, about yeah. how nice we just got done talking about how nice the fall was and all the cover crops that got planted. If we're trying to take those out next spring, what? I mean, yeah, yeah. we got some options, but Roundup still is the best. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's thinking about your inputs for next year what you can do, what tests you can do, uh, pay attention to trends that you're seeing, and operate accordingly. So now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So it's officially official. La Nina has developed. I am El Nino. All of 
tropical storms must bow before El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. For those of you who don't habla Espanol, El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. All right, well, there's La Nina's brother, El Nino. But, That's one uh, of my top five. Oh, I love that sketch, yeah. Just the, the timing of like, <gasps> El Nino. Yeah, like when he finishes, is great. If you don't, habla espanol. <laughs> so La Nina, or the sister, has formed in the tropical Pacific Ocean about a month ago, toward the end of October. According to the Australian Bureau of Meteorology, or the they're the bomb B O M. So on November twenty third, they declared La Nina conditions in effect. So according to the outlook, La Nina will be established, and climate models suggest this will be a short lived La Nina, persisting until early fall of twenty twenty two. So all those little weather things that can change and affect, like we said earlier, we can't control the weather, but when you get these fronts, they tend to cause weird things to happen sometimes in the weather. So we'll keep an eye on that as we move into next year. Reading into this a little bit, that that the projection that this would give us would be cold and snowy winter. Yeah. Yep. Lots of snowmobiling. (laughs) We'll see. After we had such a mild winter last year. We'll see what happens this year. All right. Now we'll move into our Ag History Minute. I love the banjo. So we're talking Thanksgiving as we're recording the day before Thanksgiving. But happy Thanksgiving to everyone. On September 28th, 1789, just before leaving for recess, the first federal Congress passed a resolution asking that the President of the United States recommend to the nation a day of Thanksgiving. A few days later, President George Washington issued a proclamation naming Thanksgiving, November 26th, 1789, as a day of public Thanksgiving. The first time Thanksgiving was celebrated under the new Constitution. Subsequent presidents issued Thanksgiving proclamations, but the dates and even the months of the celebrations varied. It wasn't until Abraham Lincoln, in 1863 proclamation, that Thanksgiving was regularly commemorated each year on the last Thursday of November. In 1939, however, the last Thursday in November fell on the last day of the month. Concerned that this shortened Christmas shopping season might dampen economic <laughs> that blows, recovery. That blows me away that 1939, yep. they were worried, worried about, about Christmas. Black well, Friday. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the big, right after the big recession. Sure, the, sure. You know, it's crazy. Got to worry about that economic recovery. So President Franklin D. Roosevelt issued a presidential proclamation moving Thanksgiving to the second to last Thursday of November. As a result of the proclamation, 32 states issued similar proclamations, while 16 states refused to accept the challenge and (laughs) proclaimed Thanksgiving to be the last Thursday in November. So in in Minnesota, they were celebrating the last Thursday in November, and in Wisconsin, they were celebrating the third (laughs) Third Thursday. Thursday. Could have happened. So for two years, two days were celebrated as Thanksgiving. The president and part of the nation celebrated on the second to last Thursday, while the rest 
celebrated the following week. To end the confusion, Congress decided to set a fixed date for the holiday. On October 6, 1941, the House passed a joint resolution declaring the last Thursday in November to be the legal Thanksgiving day. The Senate, however, amended the resolution establishing the holiday as the fourth Thursday, (laughs) which would take into account those years when November has five Thursdays. Never knew Thanksgiving was this complicated, did you? Nope. The house. Uh, I got. There's some other complications. <laughs> yeah. that I learned when I was in school. About I got one question though. If in 1931, if yep. the Lions played football, which Thursday? What? Yeah. What Thanksgiving was it on Thanksgiving? Does it matter? They think, didn't win. I don't think they had <laughs> 30, 30, the, thir- maybe the thirty-two the state one or the sixteen state one a week later. I don't think they had Thursday Thanksgiving. No, I know they, they should make a resolution then. to not allow the cowboy, or the cowboy, the lions to play on Thursdays anymore because it just they suck so bad. They so have to long win a then. Super Bowl first. Yes, there you go. <laughs> All the turkeys die in vain when when the lions play football. You know, it's just <laughs> sorry, Matt. My nope, my no. lions thing derailed your Thanksgiving Poor Jim. Day confusion. Jim. As Jim listens to this episode, it's going to make him more depressed. The House agreed to the amendment, and President Roosevelt signed the, the resolution on December 26, 1941, thus establishing the fourth Thursday in November as a federal Thanksgiving holiday. Just for, for fun, December 26, 1941, that would have been less than a month after D-Day. So I was we would just have just say, think, entered World War II. Think of like when him citing that, he's going to be like... You know what we need? Yeah, a holiday. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, Who cares? Yes. Let's just get this done. <laughs> better freaking figure out Thanksgiving because right. we don't know where the world's going to go. We're not going to have anything to give thanks for. I'll put this all day. This, may, this might be the best holiday. It is. Thanksgiving. I mean, food. So you get the good food at Christmas. Yep. You get football, which we don't get. Football is not as big on Christmas. Like I think. Well, it will be this year. Yeah, this year is normally there. Games. Normally yeah. there isn't. So Perfect. it's you know not yep. normally. No presents, no expectations. Yep. <laughs> That's probably the best part. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to come up with a list to give someone, and I don't have to get a list from someone else. So it's great. So you get food, football, no presents. <laughs> Game over. I don't know. That's uh, usually when we have to come up with our Christmas lists for. Everybody. And then you wake up Friday and the total. Thing switches and, and you Santa go to Santa Claus throws up on yeah. you. Yes, uh, Christmas stuff's been out since before Halloween. It has. So. Uh, Sierra was so excited to decorate for Halloween. She decorated with Christmas lights <laughs> for Halloween. So we've had Christmas lights on our house since Halloween. All right, Todd. All right, thanks to all our listeners out there. We appreciate you listening. Please tell a farmer friend to subscribe to the podcast, or even just tell them to listen. Just say, hey, just take a listen to this once. It's a lot of fun. They get to talk about Thanksgiving and the 80-20 and, yeah, all good stuff. So tell a farmer friend, and he's going to say, what's a podcast? And you grab his phone from him, and you ask him to unlock it, and you just download on his Android phone, Podcast Addict, Podbean, or Player FM. And if he's got an Apple phone, it's a little easier. On an iPhone, just go to Apple Podcasts and search Tilth Talk Radio. Hit the subscribe button. Another easy way to listen is just on your computer. So when you're in your farm office this winter, go to tilthaid.com slash podcasts, and there you can pull up the podcast right on your computer. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. So does the 80-20 rule apply to your Thanksgiving plate? Do you have 80% of the foods on 100% of your plate? Or 100% of the foods on 80% of your plate? So smaller portions. It's never smaller portions. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's something it sh- that just Maybe skip. it should be. There's some things I skip. I'm not afraid to say it. Some things you just don't need, so you get a little extra of the other things. You're not skipping. 
the cranberry plop, are you? Heck no, cranberries is the best thing on the table. Man. I mean, that's a good part about Thanksgiving. There's not much you do skip at Thanksgiving. I, I was expecting potatoes. Max to go with the, the wrestling thing, like skip the stuffing, because that's the, you know, Carbs. you don't want to put the weight on over Thanksgiving, sure. so you got to... That's it. That's what I thought of the only downside of Thanksgiving is wrestling season starts right then, so like yep. you always had to like lose weight right back during in the, the day, best two holidays. Back like, in the day, we used to have a skirmish on Black Friday. Oof. Ooh, that was the tough. next day. Wow. Eight, wow. Eight, eight, eight o'clock scrimmage on Black So you got to have some self. I mean, you didn't have to weigh in or anything, but no. if you eat that much and then try and wrestle the next <laughs> yeah. day. The tryptophan just takes it. <laughs> but I will say I skipped the sweet potatoes and the yams. That's, I ain't about that at all. We actually had one of our kids ask for that. Like we had let him like, what do you want? You know, to make sure everybody gets something. And our youngest is like, sweet potatoes. Okay. See, and that's the one thing I'll skip. Is a yam and a sweet potato the same thing? No, no, uh, not. They're similar, but not the okay. same. The are same. you having yams and sweet potatoes? At you have the, one or the other. Yeah, so okay. you're either a yam family or a sweet potato family. The dish is almost the same. Like, yeah, there's no difference. We I don't think. usually have that. No, there's, we don't either. But either one. So we're cutting out mashed potatoes. And what? Get, yes. No. Wrong with you? <laughs> so sweet. We're getting. One of a, one of the family members is bringing cheesy potatoes and then sweet potatoes. So yeah, um. you're still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh you, you haven't had Bill's sweet potatoes. I don't need to. <laughs> They're sweet potatoes, man. You gotta have those. You gotta have the good russets, man. All right, let's wrap her up then with some cool beans. That's corny. So cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans. Our cool beans this week, wheat at the highest in almost nine years on supply worry. Soybeans and corn stay firm. So Chicago wheat futures rose to their highest level in around nine years on Monday as shrinking supplies in top global exporters underpinned the market. Soybeans and corn also rose, gaining some spillover support from wheat. This should tell you how small of a sector of the wheat market Wisconsin is. Because we actually, I felt like, had a pretty good wheat year. Yeah. Yep. And they're like the all-time shortage on wheat. And it's like, oh, well. I think Australia was one of the bigger drags on that. Well, just the western U.S. I mean, it was dry. It was tough out there. Yeah. So I I just, that's pretty. And they said this fall, planting for next year out west was pretty rough. Because it was so dry. So, yeah. Just, we're... We're just this I, tiny little. Section. I like this ending on. We sh- we should switch it up to that scorny then cool beans. But like, when you think of how high the fir- prices are, just remember and be happy with how high yeah. the crop prices crop price are. Because we, right. we could have record high fertilizer and two dollar and corn. two dollar yeah. corn. Yeah, eight dollar beans. All right, so that's corny this week. As Bill mentioned before, nitrogen fertilizer prices are. Shattering records as anhydrous hits $1,113 per ton. So that's the average retail price of anhydrous set this week, increasing 38% from last month. Good thing we don't use a lot of anhydrous here. The seven other major fertilizers tracked by DTN for the first week of November saw increases ranging from 9% to 36% as supply disruptions push prices to new highs. DTN considers a monthly price change of 5% or more to be significant. So 9, nine to 36% <laughs> is all above 5. Simple farm math there. 9 is bigger than 5. Yep. But yeah, it's crazy to think how how high things are are getting there. So 
Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week we talked about the 80-20 rule as a way to think about how to manage your inputs on crops this year. Spotlight, we looked at a La Nina developing in the Pacific. Ag History Minute, we talked about the establishment of the Thanksgiving holiday. Cool beans, wheat highest in almost nine years. That's corny is fertilizer prices shattering records. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.